over the top. Even when you can't hold up any longer, your hair can with FinalNet. It's not an aerosol hairspray. No aerosol propellant mixed in. FinalNet's concentrated to hold your hair all day. FinalNet holds up longer than you do. How about the bottomless pit? So, I think it's pretty uh, fun that that's a 1975 Final Net commercial filmed at the park, filmed at GA. Yeah, I think it's fun that even back in 1975, those MFers were selling out. You know, <laughs> 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 you know I'll take the money. You know, <laughs> they got bills to pay, man. Exactly. Wow. I, I, there's that's a lot awesome. to unpack with that ad. There's a lot to unpack. I, know, right? I mean. Oh, it looked it looked to me like that stuff made her high, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, back then they just go and sniff everything, glue, whatever, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, I would not be surprised if people were taking hairspray, putting it in the paper bag, and huffing it. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh yeah. I think we knew people like that actually growing up. We yeah, we did. All right. Hello and welcome to episode number 23 of Some Great Adventures, the podcast for old friends who met and worked at Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey, Shadowburn Days in the Park. As usual, our podcast is made available by our friends at the Shared Universe Podcast Studio. We're recording via Facebook Live, so the video version is always available on our Facebook page. The audio version will be available for on all major podcasting platforms within about a few days, week at the top, you know, as you know, fast as my lazy ass gets it uploaded to the RSS feed. <laughs> Except, I will know anyone that listens through Stitcher, well, you're SOL because Stitcher is actually fully going away, apparently, on August 29th. So at the end of this month, Stitcher is saying goodbye. And uh, they, they sent me the weirdest email. They basically said, um, effective August 29th, we're teaching all operations. Everything will shut down. You'll no longer be able to access any shows, downloads, preferences, listening histories. It will all be gone. But then they actually said, which really made me laugh, and it's actually very nice of them, we do want to thank you for being part of our loyal Stitcher community. So as a loyal listener and podcast content creator, we're offering you six months of free Sirius XM if you just blah, blah, blah by September 6th. Now, considering Sirius XM costs like almost $400 a year to have, yeah, yeah. Offer. I'm not gonna lie, that was like a two hundred dollar yeah. discount. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little off topic, but just right in the leave, serious. You know that move, right? Yeah, right. No crap. Yeah, just tell them you're leaving, and they give you a half off, or maybe even more. Yeah, I think I've got like six bucks. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, R.I.P. Yep. Stitcher. Otherwise, it'll be available everywhere. Damn name, uh, Stitcher. I know. I'm pour out a little bit of my drink. <laughs> Don't pour out that drink. It's a drink. All right. Always drink. Uh, yeah. 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 One for Stitcher. <laughs> I'm Steve Hicks, and as always, my co-hosts are <laughs> Chris Pelusa. And we have a special co-host today, which we'll get into one second. We do want to say we have a valid call in today. Unfortunately, Andy might be joining us later, but he did get called into work. And he is a medical professional, so we cannot hold that call in against him in any way. He's got still documented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I know where Chris was going, unlike other people who have no shows on their record, but we won't oh, get into that. Oh. Hey, he's got a very awesome mobile yeah. response, though. The airport, that was hero mode right there, Loudon. And you made That's it work. Right. Thanks, Chris. 
Hero. I give him no credit. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> was long but distinguished, I'll have you know. Yeah, that's what you, that's what you like to say about a lot of things. All right, buddy. All right. But we have a special guest today. I met this dude way back mm. in fifth freaking grade. We have been friends since the fifth grade at Millstone Elementary yep. School. Yeah, uh, yeah. By the time we got the Allentown High, we were super close buds. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm happy to welcome Rich Scott to the podcast. How the hell are you doing, Rich? Hail Satan. I'm sorry, wrong podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The controversial greeting right off the bat. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, man? It's really, really good to see you, you know? It's good to see you, too. Now, what's funny is Richard's middle name is Kester, okay? (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. of Of course, my last name is Hicks. So that was already a lot of things rhyme with Hicks that I did not enjoy when I was in like grammar school and high school. Yeah. Now, your middle name being Kester, because of course we constantly called him Keister. Okay. Yep. Now, yep. terrible though, Rich, is that the one mm-hmm. thing I can't believe you never threw back in our goddamn faces is if you look up Kester, it actually mm-hmm. is defined as the masculine name of carrier of Christ. And it's mm-hmm. a Scottish diminutive of, mm-hmm. um, what you call it, of Chris. So it's literally a power name. And yes. you find <laughs> it as a person's buttocks. <laughs> Rich was laughing his keister off the whole time when you were making what, fun of him. Hell yeah. What Hell yeah. the irony. Rich, Rich is all about peace and love. Rich just didn't give a shit. We call him peace. We'd be like, whatever, assholes. I don't care. You know? They know not what they say. I mean, it, it, exactly. it's just it was a yeah, yeah. It was an appropriate reference. So that's another story. Yeah, but I found out about the Scottish thing. Like, what's that? Sorry. No, bad. God, what were you saying about Scottish? I was saying I, I found out about the Scottish lineage a lot later. My mother hit me to that that it's uh, exactly so a Scottish thing. Us. Yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> if you had said that when we were in like sixth or seventh grade, you would have probably just got beat up. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like a South Park thing, like. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> 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 then, like you showed us, Rich. We were in a very different school. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I should have. There are a lot more Nelsons in our school than Lisa Simpsons. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 man. I should just started wearing a kilt to school or something. That would have been funny. <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah, Queen and you. I know you just popped in. No, Andy. Andy got called in. Uh, he actually got called into work. Yeah. So he has a valid call in. He's not a no show today. So don't he, leave, Brian. Don't drop. Yeah, he, <laughs> we know that Andy is the star. We suck, but don't yeah. leave. Queen, you know? We're gonna press on. We're gonna press on. But yeah, we know. <laughs> um. So, Rich, what we like to always do with our guests is we like to ask them the very simplest questions, and we'll we'll just let you run as soon as I ask them. So, basically. When did you start working at GA? Right. Um, where where did you work and how long did you work? Like what different apartments? When did you leave and why did you leave? That's pretty much the history we look for you to give us. And then we'll kind of jump in at off. Okay. Well, let's see what I can remember. Like you said, I started working at GA when I was 15 years old in 1985. And I was in the grounds department of ops. 
And we were basically the cleanup crew. We went and, you know, swept through the park and we were the ones that, you know, my little team and I, we would, you know, change out the garbage cans and everything like that. We cleaned the bathrooms. That was fun. That was amazing. Okay, so um, any particular know. bathrooms like that you were like or area that you were normally in or did you, you jump around? Well, we jumped around a lot in, in my region, which was mostly centered around what we called back then. I guess it was the Western area. You know what I mean? Frontierland, that whole thing. You know, it's insane, Rich. It's hysterical. Mm -hmm. So so I was going to ask the same question. And what's really funny is I started out on the Dream Street side, 15 in grounds, just like you. And mm -hmm. I ended up in the Fest area. And yeah. so, so quick question. Did you ever end up making lead or were you just uh, orange tag the whole time? And you were an orange tag, right? I was an orange tag and I stayed in orange tag until the next year when I transferred, I managed to transfer into the merch department. And then I spent about a year there and Wait, made it hold, up to. Hold, hold. Don't go to merch yet. Don't go to merch yet. Hold on. We're not going to merch yet. We're going to stick with grounds for a second. I did five. Okay. Respect, fellas, both of you. Wait, wait, wait. Write right to supervisor. No, 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 wait. You did five weeks in grounds as a supervisor or five weeks in grounds as like a black tag or an orange as tag or something like that? Right. So, what, what do you mean? You just were instantly given a red tag in grounds? I don't understand. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you say it's connected. You lead in grounds. Because they're going to want to promote somebody who has grounds experience. No, that's different. That's different. You didn't work your way up. You, no, no, you, totally no you had nepotism going on there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Caruso got hired in as a ride supervisor. I got hired in as a uh, rides lead, though, when I came over to rides because uh, Robin knew me from Manchester High School. And she was just like, oh, yeah, we need a, we need a, a swing lead. Like, you do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she was like, I'm yep. going to tell them you can do it. You want to do it? I was like. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was uh, thing? What's up? Was this that Batman you got hired in as a swing lead? No, no, Typhoon. Uh, <laughs> oh, Typhoon. Okay. Yeah. okay. So there was no actual night lead, right? It was a day. No, a no, it was just right? swinging night. Well, yeah. actually, there was no day lead. It opened at noon. Ah, yeah. right, so right. Swinging night. night. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Rick, what's really funny is you left grounds the next year to go to merch. Mm -hmm. I left grounds next year to go to Western rides. Mm -hmm. West would become my absolute favorite section. And we've had wars on this podcast yeah, about East first West we know. and all that. So, because me and Andy are West guys and, yeah. and Scott are East guys. So yeah. we've had these wars forever, but it's really funny that I had no idea until honestly, until me and you talked a couple weeks ago, I didn't even know you were in grounds. So, yep. So I yep. have no idea. You, so first of all, you had the same red badge of courage I had because you weren't getting <laughs> any dates with anyone because everyone saw your orange tag and knew you were yeah. freaking years old, and they were like, "No, thank you." you know? oh, <laughs> so, was terrible. Absolutely you know, terrible. It was you the know? worst, man. But when you said you did, so here's the thing: mm. I before I became lead, I basically refused to do porter duty. I refused right. it. I was not cleaning a bathroom. I didn't give two craps. <laughs> like, the, the first time they told me how to clean a bathroom. Not even Blue Parrot? Blue Parrot didn't exist back then. So I mean, would you clean yeah. Blue Parrot? Blue Parrot was like the bomb. It's automatic flush. We know you night. sat in the Blue Parrot urinals and, and, and areas for a long time. We get it. We've all seen police. They took those luxury bathrooms. We're not doing that. Okay. <laughs> they didn't fancy up the place, you know, until they built the East up, you know, when we came over. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I remember, and I've said this on one of the earlier podcasts, the only time they tried to get me to clean the bathroom was one of the soups just called me over out of the blue was like, yeah, um, we don't we don't have anyone here right now, so you're going to have to go in there and clean the bathroom. And I was like, okay. And I walked in. My little dumb 15-year-old self was probably two right. months into the job. They opened up one of the stall doors, and it, oh, looked like someone, it looked like a baboon went in there because there was shit everywhere. It was yeah. on the floor, and I'm not joking. It was on the ceiling above. Oh, oh I can tell you stories, God. dude. Everywhere. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just burn it down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And what was really funny is there were three other people from my section already standing there. So the mm-hmm. second I saw them grinning, I knew they tried to sucker the 15 years. They were all black tags. Mm-hmm. I yeah. knew they were like, they all said no first. And so yep. they were like, fuck that. We're going to make the orange tag do it. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. No. So yeah. did you ever actually have to clean bathrooms, Rich? Or Oh, God, yeah. Hell yeah, man. God, you were way better than me. I said no. Yeah. Well, well you know, it's funny. Wait, when you're saying clean, did you just go in and do the pan of brooming, check to, check to make sure that the the soap was full and the towels were full, and then you left? Or did you we actually did that? Up? Well, it, it was a combination of our normal routine would be to sweep through, and you had to check these bathrooms periodically and clean them, like you said, and just do the regular stuff, maybe mop up a little bit, you know, change the paper towels and the toilet paper, et cetera. But sometimes you get those special calls from your supervisor where they needed you to get in there with a hose. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't good. It was very much like you described. There were oh. numerous incidences where the guys that I work with and I would walk into a stall and it just looked like a human being exploded. You're it was there. gross, man. Oh. You're never going to I said How no. that happen? Like, I don't understand. I, exactly. I, 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 the hell, like, what happened in there? Yeah, I, I, don't know. I wish we had phone, camera phones. Well, I don't wish we had camera phones, but for that one moment, I wish we did. Because if I, no one's ever going to believe what I'm saying, but if you saw the picture that was mm-hmm. like, if I could take a picture, you'd be like, holy F, this is something out of a horror movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. Let's say, let's say it was everywhere. It was on all four walls, it was on both walls, yeah. and the door. It was all, uh, the whole toilet was coated, and it was up in the fucking air on the ceiling. That's like, what I mean. And look, but let's that's say what that's, I don't your, understand. that's your goal. Your goal is to be an ultimate asshole. You want to throw it everywhere, get it everywhere. In order to do that, you still got to get it on you. You got to get it on you to do that. Like the joke's on that person. Right, right. How and why and like it's just do the ends justify the means? Like I just don't understand it because you're covered in that shit too. Oh yeah, that's what that's their show of aggression is throwing wow. poop at people. But I'll tell you, man, I mean I remember having numerous almost metaphysical conversations with yeah. my coworkers regarding how the hell did that happen? How did they get it over there? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Grounds, man. Grounds suck. <laughs> grounds yeah. really suck. When you were fifteen, ground sucked because you just got taken advantage of. Oh, I yeah. ended up doing just dumpster runs. At the end yeah. of the day, I covered sections with a banner broom, and I did dumpster. I, d- nobody wanted to do that either, and I actually liked nope. doing that because it was hard work. So for mm-hmm. me, I didn't mind that. The only thing that sucked is that you smelled like a dumpster at the end of the day. Right. Said, oh, it was gross. Wardrobe. But like I said, we were 15. We weren't getting any. Nobody was dating us anyway. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. We could have smelled like roses and we weren't getting dates, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, right. but you know, one of the benefits, one of the perks was that, like, if we found money on our, our shift, Ooh. we got to keep it. Ooh. And you could, 
You, you know what I'm saying. You can find a lot of money sometimes. I cannot tell you how many times I would look down on the ground and just see a wad of bills that someone had fell out of their pocket. It was all over the ground. And here yeah. I am with my dad and broom, looking around going, please don't yeah. me. I sweep it into my pan, you know? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. People would throw money in the garbage cans. Oh, yeah. Man. It was I mean, a lot of money. You definitely found money, for real. I found a lot of money. Although, yeah, like Fifty Boy doesn't know anything over there about keeping money they find. Well, that's loose change, <laughs> so you know what do you do? You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. Because back in the day, man, it was free game. <laughs> I will say though, if I found wallets, I turned them in. I never ever yeah, took a yeah. wallet. I never took yeah. the money out of a wallet either. But money yeah, that's too. There without any owner tied to it flowing in the wind on the ground or in a dumpster, yeah. that's mine. <laughs> I mean, really, what are you supposed to do? Like, oh, hey, I found a $5 bill and bring it to security and somebody's going to come and claim it? Yeah. You know so what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, right. I found a money clip before. <laughs> nah, that's... You know what I mean? And then the person was like, oh, shit. Only mm. about 30 seconds later came back looking yeah. for it. So that was like, you know, I mean, it was a clip of money. I don't know how I'll much be it was. Right. I would have turned that in too. I would have turned yeah. that in too. And, and the whole time I'd be mad at myself going, mm -hmm. if someone doesn't come up, they're taking this clip and money, but whatever. I don't want to get in trouble. I would have right, done that. Right, I, done that. Right. I never found any money at the park. I did find yeah. the weed though one time. Yeah, but you got all that money when you were in a blue bag. So it doesn't matter. You know? <laughs> but I had to work for it, man. Work for it. <laughs> uh. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else about grounds that, that, that you can think of, Rich, that was interesting or fun or vile <laughs> before we get into well, here? Yeah, there's a couple of things. I mean, on the bathroom tip, there was an advantage. You know, when it was, like, super hot and humid outside, we had our favorite bathrooms that had the best air conditioning. That's and true. And you can go in there and, like, chill out for a little bit. You know what I, I mean? I will also say um, one of the fun things, too, is remember that all of the fountains during our time there had where you can go behind them. And you could stand mm -hmm. behind the fountain. They were all basically in a brick enclosure. All the yep. bathrooms, when you walked into any of the bathrooms, they all had fountains, which were right in between the two doors going into the men and women's room. Behind yeah. them is where the pipes were. So mm -hmm. what you could do is you could stand behind there, put your hands down to where the pipe nozzles were, and you could control the flow of the um, of the fountain. And I would yeah. wait until little kids came over, and I would turn it up full, and it would blast them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious, man. Now they think they got the gauge, though. They're like, oh, it's it's a high fountain. They move down, and I drop it so it empties. And there's no <laughs> coming out. And then they would lean down, blast them in the face. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. So you were behind the malfunctioning fountains. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Dream Street always had functioning fountains over near, like, Ski, ski Ball Barn and all that. But uh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was the mentality of a 15-year-old, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then do you remember, did you ever work with that insecticide that they had us carrying around that could shoot oh, yeah. like 30, 40 feet? Yeah, laser. And laser. Yeah, that stuff was evil. We used to squirt it on like styrofoam cups and it would oh, melt yeah. them instantly. And it melt them right the fuck down. You do, they still yeah. sell it at Home Depot. That's how you kill, that, that's now just wasp spray, but it's not yeah. the same content. That explains Steve's third arm that he had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that stuff yeah, was that's evil. All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we got up to some uh, nasty business with that stuff. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So then you then it, so you did. What was your first year? When did you start? Uh, Eighty five. I started. Yeah. That. So and you then, know, we, we were mentioning this while we were in the, in the right before we launched. 
So it's funny mm-hmm. because me and you were close friends in high school yep. and we worked yep. there while we were in high school, but it was a weird yep. thing. And Peluso said this was kind of like for him too. It was like very weird because you could be friends with people in high school, but your GA life was separate from your high school life. So me yeah. and you were already at band parties and stuff during that time. But however, yep. I never hung out with you and your GA friends and you never hung out with me. And I didn't even know what you did at GA until like a couple months ago <laughs> when we talked about it. And that's, that's so funny. That we went to school every day since fifth yeah. grade and we did yeah. have history together and we're and we were close. So yeah, really, yeah. It goes we to hung show. out all the time. Yeah, it it's goes to right. show. I worked for yeah. Steve for like six years at the park. He didn't know what I did the whole time. Because he didn't do anything. That's why. I didn't take an interest. <laughs> that is I funny. I didn't know your name until a year ago. Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think some of that is regional, too, because you guys were starting to get into the conversation about which part of the park is, is best. And Absolutely, like, for sure. You know, yeah. oh, we've had so many discussions on this podcast about how, like, in rides, we would have wars among each other, but otherwise, we didn't really party together. Like, you could be right. working one section over between 140 and 150. 150 mm-hmm. was not partying with 140, even though they all yep. worked right next to each other, they were their own microcosm. Oh, and yep, yep. Well, that's because you were there, but <laughs> yeah, no, it was just like that. Like, Gary and I were close in high school. But Great mm-hmm. Adventure, not at all while he was in, in grounds. Yeah. Um, it was kind of weird, you know. And I mean, Gar was somebody who was there a long time. But even more interesting, too, these weren't mm-hmm. like lifers like us going there a long time and everything. But I drove people from high mm-hmm. school that we were really close with. Uh, my friend Eric, uh, friend Al. We would drive there. It would all go our separate ways there. No interaction whatsoever. And then drive yep. home. It was kind of crazy, you know, how – Nothing, yep. nothing GA related at all for a long time. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, yeah. Weird. So That's that an interesting note, phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. So now, so mm-hmm. what made you, this is, this is a, so what people don't know on this podcast is that Rich has been a musician since like the day I met him. That's his, that's his, yeah. passion, that's his life. That's his love. I mean, the MFers in four bands right now, <laughs> always nice. like three or four bands and kind of always has since I met him. I literally mm-hmm. have pictures of him in eighth grade in a band, Livewire or some shit that we had back then. Time oh, piece, um, yeah. Time yeah. It's like it's crazy. And um, yep. But what made you go to merch and not shows? Well, I became extremely fixated with the uh, recording studios of America facility that they had because they had gear. They had mixing consoles. They had all that. And I just wanted to work with it. I wanted to get my hands on it. So I, I kind of became laser focused on that as opposed to going into shows. Plus, I found out at the time that if I wanted to get into situations where I could actually make a living there as a musician, I had to be in the union because it was a union gig. Right. And I wasn't in the union at that time. You know what I mean? So I decided, let me try this merch thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That makes sense. So did you go right over to merch and go right into the, into the recording studio? No, actually. I think they moved me around a couple of the uh, merch stands that they had over there. Um, what do you call that area there that's kind of like the arcade? Dream um, well, the, the recording studio where I worked. Street arcade. Yeah, over there. Call, yeah, we used to – I mean, it, there was also the four tents area. So. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Right over there, I got bounced around a few times, and then I finally made it into the recording studios. 
Um, did you have to like keep? And I ended up managing it for a little while. Like, did you say that from day one? That's where you wanted kind to of keep pushing it. Yeah, yeah. I wrote it. I recall writing that on paperwork, even. You Jeez know. It. So. Yeah, I was I was totally just, you know, a pain in the ass about it. And they finally were like, fine, let them in there. I think they kind of moved me around just to be, like, dickish about it. <laughs> well, no, if, if it makes you feel better, if it makes you feel better, mm-hmm. and this is, <laughs> this is so honest, <laughs> if you weren't a hot girl and you came into rides, if you were a hot girl, yeah. you're going to Rapids, you're going to my train, you're going to someplace great. Yeah. If you're you just, get all the choice spots, right? If you're not a hot girl, you're literally anyone else, guy or girl, and you come in there and you're like, I want to go to Congo Rapids. I want to go to the log flume. You're going to BBL. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to Well, that's I ever had a sad world. Year that Steve spent in HR hiring before the season started. And like, <laughs> I don't believe anything he's saying right now. And it's I, all I, I, I was like, oh my God, there's only hot chicks in our section. What happened? Steve's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> He's like, I that's funny. My way. I was like, thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, me. I know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the recording studios was like that. Now that I think about it, before I worked there, um, it was mostly very attractive girls that worked in there. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of that. And I think I think you have a point that could be part of the reason I couldn't get the gig until they realized, wait a minute, this kid's really into that. He kind of knows stuff about it because I was, you know, me, I'm a, I'm a music nerd. Yeah. So I'm always spewing off about technical stuff and everything. And I did that a lot to try to get the gig. And I think they finally were like, fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, that 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 used to work with a lot of people, too. They would be up our asses constantly like, all right, I mean, I'll start on this ride, but can I go to that ride eventually? And we'd be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we would. Eventually, they, they would earn it and they would get over there, you know. But yeah. it was the same thing. It was like you kind of had to work it and earn it to get what you wanted, even though in all honesty, like a person like you had every qualification for it from the very beginning. You know? <laughs> so, it still uh, took a lot of doing, though, but it was fun. It was good when I got in there, you know. So for it's... people who don't know what that is, I'm going to give you a very quick history from our friends at the awesome greatadventurehistory.com site. They also have a Facebook page. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah. And so here's here's a very quick history of the um, Recording Studios of America, which is where Rich worked in merch. With mm-hmm. the Pac-Man fever sweeping the country, video games yeah. became big business for the park. And uh, what was originally a merchandise gift tent became Dream Street Arcade in 1982, as the gift shop was shrunk and eventually removed in 1984. With the changing technology, a new theme park attraction was introduced, the Recording Studio of America, which actually harkened back to the early days of amusement parks where there used to be booths to make your own records. And mm-hmm. I'm actually old enough to remember that as a kid literally being able to go in and make a 45. I actually remember that as a very little kid. And it was like at the end of that time when you could do that. Um, The new twist was Recording Studios of America, which produced audio tapes and later videotapes of guests performing their favorite artist's greatest hits of the day. The recording studio was a huge hit for many seasons with guests enjoying their turn in the spotlight and passing guests get great enjoyment from the talent or lack thereof being played (laughs) on speakers or through the glass booths. With the changes in video games, the arcade was changed and reduced in size over time. With changes in technology, the idea of having to perform in a recording studio also became a thing of the past. And sadly, it was replaced by the relaxation station, which featured state-of-the-art massage chairs and oxygen bar and aqua massage tables. So if you didn't know, Rich, that's what happened to your your, your recording studio. 
That is interesting. That's very interesting. So let me, <laughs> let me jump on a fact that was just said there. So okay. here's my, my favorite mem. I don't really have a lot of memories of the recording studio. I don't ever remember going in there and recording anything in there, but I always remember going by. I would oh, yeah. walk through that arcade all the time to see who mm -hmm. was recording in there and yep. what they were singing. Yep. And the one thing I remember specifically is that the speakers outside would play whatever was recording in there. So mm -hmm. if you're walking outside of the tent, not just inside, but outside, you could hear the person that's doing the recording. And yep. the windows were glass and the booth was glass. So if you stood there, you could watch them as well while they're singing. If and they open the curtains, they had a choice. They could open them or close them. Did you allow them to make that choice or did you guys like do it yourself? No, no, we let them make that choice. Okay. We usually, unless there was some unruliness, and then we'd have to close the curtains. So here's something I also remember, though. Sometimes I'd walk by, and I would hear someone singing a song, and I'd hear the actual music playing with it. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'd walk by, and this is my one vivid memory. I remember hearing a lady sing. I don't want to say it's a lady, because it was a lady to me at the time, but honestly, it was somebody in her 20s. And mm -hmm. she was singing, I swear, and I could be wrong, but I think it was The Wind Beneath My Wings. Oh, God. Oy. And they yeah. deliberately were not playing the music. So yep. all you heard is, you are the wind beneath my wings. Because there's no music. So it's yeah. just bad karaoke with no music. Yes. In the, sky. Yeah. the most yeah. embarrassing situation a human being could be put in, you know, mm -hmm. like, did you guys do that shit on purpose? Like, did you have the option to let the music track play through the exterior speakers or cut it out? Well, I would. You did. <laughs> I'll, the, the technical capability was certainly there. Whether it was procedural or not is negligible. I, I have an explanation for this particular situation you're talking about. Okay. She must have been a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, so hold on. That makes sense because if someone's annoying, you're gonna go around and screw screw with them. However, however, don't I cannot believe there was a scenario where you were listening and like a couple of seconds in, you heard how bad it was, and you were like, I just gotta drop the music and let everybody hear this with me. Come on, you never did that. Only only if they were being a bitch. I mean, like okay. if it was somebody who was a really sweet customer, we wouldn't do that to them, even if that they makes sucked. Sense. That makes sense. If it was a bitch, we'd be like, Oh, great, she's a bitch and she sucks. This is priceless. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah, and people used to gather around. It was weird, like because they played all that music out there, people would gather around to see who was singing, especially if they were decent. And so I'd look behind me because where the control booths were, we faced away from the front of the store, but the front of the store had windows too. So right. you could see us work when you walked by, which was pretty neat. Um, I'd turn around and there would be like hundreds of people clogging the street sometimes listening oh, yeah. to somebody. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It was kind of well, cool. So that was something I was thinking about right before the podcast too. So as a musician, were there ever times you heard somebody step in there and you're like, holy F, I need to try to get this person to sing with my band. Did that ever happen? I mean, that for me personally, I'm pretty sure that may have happened a couple of times where I heard somebody and was like, you need to like pursue this. It's pretty important that you pursue it. I don't remember if I pursued that person or not. Right, you know, right. maybe I did. I think there probably were a couple instances where I said something, but most of the time I didn't. I didn't want to be perceived as creepy or anything like that. Yeah, but yeah, that makes you sense. know what I mean? 
offense. But yeah, no, yeah, you would hear people that definitely needed to uh, do something professional with what they were working with, for sure. It's the original American Idol right there, man. Like, kind of, like yeah. yeah. That's a great way of looking at it, you know? Yeah. When um when you were there, was it always the option to do both video and audio, or was it did, was it just audio when you first started and video got added? Like, was video even there when you were there? No, when I first started, it was just audio. And then about a year or two after that, I think, is when they brought in VHS, which was even cool for me because I ended up getting my degree in radio and TV and film production. Right. So that was another one of those early situations where I got to put my hands on video equipment, too. Yeah, um, you got exactly what you wanted. That was yeah. your whole point going, and it, it helped you. That's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it was cool. And they even had a Chiron, as I remember. You remember what Chirons are, right? I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah, they have one so that we could put titles up, you know, when people wanted their names put on there and dates and all this other stuff. So I got to work with the Chiron before I ended up in college. So that was cool. What was I don't see this is a thing. I don't remember the video stuff very much though. So what was the background like on that? Like there was no such thing as green screen when you guys were there. So there's no green screen backgrounds. You weren't doing that, which is funny because when I went, I did I did literally I did a BC Boys video with my friends like like Right after I left the park, or maybe while I was still there at Disney's Pleasure Island, which isn't there anymore, they had the same type of thing. But right. theirs actually had green screen, and we didn't realize it. So when we got done, we had this like cool background and everything. It was kind of neat. Yeah. But you guys didn't have anything like that, right? Like, what was it just like whatever the editing software had, like strong yeah. light and bullshit like that? That's what was in the background. It was very primitive, um, as I recall. I think we only had like maybe three or four background selections anyway. There was always, like you said, like a starlight thing that would happen or like a galaxy thing. But it was very primitive. It was That's very, very primitive. Um, yeah. in, the, in the comments, uh, Tim Sternberg just said he was a merch employee. <laughs> Railroaded. And yeah, he once recorded Vogue with his wife and he got suspended because of it. Um, and it's funny because when we put the invite up um, – uh -huh. I literally remember when I talked to you, I was like, holy shit, we're never going to find anyone that worked in a recording studio that we can have on as a guest. This is like awesome. But that I, is awesome. When we put the invite up, I don't know if you know this person, but um, Laura DeGrande is someone who I don't know, but she follows the podcast and she actually posted right under the invite. I worked there as well. And I was like, holy cow, somebody else actually worked there that like is listening nice. to this. So I don't know if you knew that person or not, but she actually said she worked there. And then Tim had posted underneath it as well that him and his wife had, you know, worked in merch in the eighties and mm -hmm. they had done both audio and a video. And he put a screenshot of the video. And when I looked at it, I was like, Oh my God, that, yeah. is, like, that is like the, like literally video toaster editing background shit. You know what I mean? Like that would almost look like a comic yep, book yep, yep. background, you know, like I loved it. It just made me so yeah. happy. To see that. I thought it was cool as shit, you know? Definitely, I, uh, I brought back so many memories. Uh, all of a sudden, I, I remembered. I was like, my buddy and his wife, um, who both worked at the park. I don't even want to say their first names just in case they get pissed. Because <laughs> he's he's definitely on the more on the shy side. I'm texting him right now. I was like, dude, I'm on right now. I'm podcasting about the recording studio. I'm like, please tell me you still have your recording uh, with your wife when you did Grease Summer Loving. Because it was oh so <laughs> That so was a popular crazy. one. So freaking great because I remember him like trying to sound kind of cool and badass. It was freaking yeah. fantastic. Like he's, <laughs> he just texts me back; they don't have it anymore. I'm so pissed. <laughs> yeah, right. but you just you just nailed the next thing I want to talk about, Chris, because I couldn't remember except for the one bad video. Oh, 
Tim Server just said he still has his recordings. Nice. Tim, if you awesome. got those on an audio file and you want to share them. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. We'll put it right up there on the Facebook page. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's but, fantastic. Um, and they'll send you all over again. That's right. And they'll come back retroactively. Because <laughs> that's how that park is now with their new CEO. Now, but you're suspended. Yeah. <laughs> you just made me think of clerks were like, the lady's like, I'm never coming here anymore. It steps out. And then immediately Randall runs out and goes, you can't rent here anymore. You can't rent here anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Outside of me remembering, I'm still not sure if that was the song, Wind Beneath My Wings, but I really think it was, but I don't even know if it's the right time frame, but I swear that's a song that plays in my head where I remember that girl singing. It was on the list. It was All right, so list. I was right. That probably is yep. it. What were the big hits at the time? You're right, Chris. I do oh. remember Summer Love and Playing. Summer Love and Time when I walked yeah, in because I had was- the- that's the thing. I worked in West. I had to walk by it all the time. Yeah. So I always yeah. heard it, you know? What were yeah. the other big songs, Rich? Do you remember? I mean, some, Summer Loving was a good one for couples. I remember that. We had a lot of yeah. couples wanting to do that. And there was a lot of Whitney Houston being played. How Will I Know? I had nightmares oh, about God. that quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> greatest Love of All, I still have nightmares about that one. Oh, my God. That's like <laughs> the highest notes. There's no way they hit those properly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we we started some baboon riots in, in the <laughs> safari with that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> nice. Uh, was that that one was awful? Um, Dolly Parton comes to mind. Oh my god! What nine to five? Nine to five was one. Yep, yep. Yes, a lot I of the older ladies seem yes. to like it. The middle-aged women, I remember they liked it. Yeah, you know? I'm not gonna lie. If I was like a golden girl, I'd be sitting mm-hmm. there working nine to five. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going there and sending that shit right now. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> right now, like, if I was that age and I was an older lady, I would totally sing that song, you know? Yeah, they loved it. They loved it. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Sam just gave us a no one to comment. He said, Simon Cowell would have blasted us. No one wants to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, everybody send in their freaking recordings, man. We'll critique them. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, I do recall getting a... I do recall getting a lot of complaints from some of the other workers in other departments that work nearby about it because they were just like, can you turn that down? You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, it's funny. So when I was off duty, um, I remember when I was like 16 and 17, I would probably only 16 to be honest with you. I would go into the arcades and still play all the time. Yeah. As an employee, I would try to scam and find an arcade, someone who worked in the arcade and be like, Mm -hmm. hey, man, I work in rides. I will hook you up with an exit pass right now on my ride if you hook me up with video games for the next half hour. And they yep. would go and they would do it. So yep. I would try to scam. That's the one place I did not freaking go in, even though they had the Tron game I loved. They didn't have any other games because half the time I would sit in there for like a half hour, an hour, the noise of those recordings was so bad. Off. Oh, yeah. Mostly, I, I really – the sad thing is I don't remember – ever hearing someone except maybe walking by outside going to the my rides when i was in that arcade i don't remember ever going oh this is really good i like this i remember <laughs> annoyed almost <sighs> all the freaking time like bad karaoke this is bad oh yeah, the yeah worst. It, was, it was pretty bad i mean i you as a musician 
I, uh, I have to think that you loved what you were doing, meaning that you got to touch the recording stuff and all that. Yeah. But yeah. you had to have felt like Simon Cowell, where you're like, get off the stage right now. Uh, Just cut yeah. it. I'll give you your money back. Did you ever offer the money back to anybody? To stop? <laughs> I think there might have been a couple of those incidences where, where we were like, I can't charge you for that. It's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever. Nice. Get the hell out of here. But I'll tell you, as soon as, you know, when I'd head for, for the car in the parking lot after my shift, and I'd be like, where's my Fugazi tape? You know what I mean? Or something like that. <laughs> I need to hear something heavy right now, you know? How much did they charge yeah. for that to make a uh, tape? Uh, I got to think about that for a minute. For some reason, nine ninety nine keeps popping up in my head. I know the videotapes were really expensive, and not a lot of people did them. Because they right. were like 50 bucks or something like that. They wow. were a lot. Yeah, they were probably like one freaking song on a video. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But Although, I'll be honest with you, I think they were like that at Pleasure Island too, but we chipped in four people. Like, like so it, it, it reduced the cost because they let four of us do it. Yeah. So, yep. But yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Um, what was the format back then? It Was it cassette? Yep. It was cassette. Cassette and VHS? Yeah, and we had four. We would mix four tracks down to two. I forgot why we did four tracks, and then you know we'd have a stereo cassette that we could present to the customer. So it wasn't like elaborate technology, you know. We mastered onto CD? cassettes and everything. Did it even go to CD by the time you left, or was it just always cassettes mm -hmm. while you were there? Always cassettes, always magnetic tape. Wow. Always. Yeah, I don't know if they ever went to a digital format after that. When did you say that they closed again? It didn't say actually. I can look. We can look it up. And I. It's funny. I, I literally realized that this morning that it didn't have the time to close. So I'm not sure. But I'm sure I, we could easily Google that. So, but yeah. um, I, to be honest with you, it's it is funny though. It's you know what's sad is that stuff like this was so cool to us back then, and it Definitely. is so. It just doesn't. It, there's no need for it to exist. I mean, I literally could record everything that they do on my goddamn iPhone. Mm. I mean, I have the recording studio in my hand. Everybody does now. It's yep. kind of crazy. Like every capability they have, we kind of have there, including the editing software right on my damn iPhone. So I can Absolutely. do the videos too. Like the whole thing. It's it is yep. kind of funny how how it's not been that many years and it's faded out. Like, you know, God willing, we're all still here in 30 years. I can't even imagine what the tech is gonna be like then, right. you know what I mean? For stuff like that. Because it just changes so rapidly now. Yeah. And it's nice too. I mean, for guys like me who are independent musicians, it's nice to be able to actually build out a reasonable studio now at a, a you know comparatively low cost, if not free, depending on if you're talking software, if you have friends that can give you gear. There's all sorts of things you could do now that we couldn't do when we were kids. You know, I, I remember getting I was I was gonna say I remember getting my first four track recorder. My dad bought me a really nice Yamaha. And that right. thing was like six, seven hundred bucks. I remember, you know, at the time. Yeah. yeah. And now you could do that stuff, like you said, on your phone for free. Well, what's hysterical? Look, look at us right now. We're literally, we could see, like everybody could see us. We're literally in a podcasting studio right now, doing everything mm -hmm. that you did, but it's all yep. like completely digital. You know what I yep. mean? I'm gonna yep. have it upload it to a server if I want it, like in hours. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Everything we're doing right now, like we could literally start singing right now and it'll be here forever going forward. Yeah. Like, it's so crazy, man. You know? Dude, we're live. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, all right. Here's here's another one I, I, I thought of while I was um while I was just thinking of questions to ask you. Drunk all right. Back then you could still buy the beer in a fest house and come mm -hmm. in, 
what was it like with drunk people? Like, like that had to be an interesting job to have and dealing with the drunks. Uh, I'll tell you, drinking and karaoke, they just go together so well. And we He's got our fair share. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Something about drinking that makes people want to sing uh, badly, <laughs> I might add. But, yeah, we got we got a fair amount of traffic in there at night um, in the summertime, you know, from from like the beer garden and stuff. People would come right over and get loaded and, and sing. Most of the times it wasn't an issue. Everybody was fairly reasonably cool. But, you know, I there were some incidents. Yeah, that's exactly why I asked, because I figured that might actually help you guys and get more people in there, because you're oh, actually, yeah. ironically, honestly, the only time I ever really drink in my life right now is mm -hmm. me and Scott have one beer while we're doing this podcast, you know, and otherwise, concerts. Concerts. Yeah. And, and yeah. here I am in the middle of the crowd doing bad karaoke, just like you didn't drink <laughs> while I'm drinking. So it's like, uh, I mean, literally, you are right. When you drink, you do want to sing. Like, it is something. Yeah. You know, there's something yep. to it, you know? I see it all the time. I mean, even at shows, you know, like just bar gigs and shows and stuff, people just, you know, after they get to that certain point of inebriation, they become quite musical. So it helps our business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a big part of it, I think. You know, well, here's, here's an alternate question. So mm -hmm. did you ever, ever, ever have anyone that finished their song and knew they shit the bed so bad that they were like, I don't want to pay for this? Can you just delete it and let us walk out of here? Like, I just don't want to, I want to pretend it's never existed. Can we yeah, just I mean, delete it and let it go? You paid after the fact? You could just like. No, you had to pay before, didn't you? You had to pay before. You had to pay before. They weren't suckers. They weren't suckers. Yeah. You had to pay before, right? Yeah. I mean, I will tell you this. What I have witnessed is people immediately outside walking out, out of the facility and going to a garbage can. And you could see them just pulling the tape out of the cassette oh, and tossing it into the I've seen that a bunch of times. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I'm like, I guess they didn't like it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they're not digging it. Yeah. Suddenly their oh, yeah. muscles shrank, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've I've definitely witnessed that, but nobody actually ran out on us. Not on my shift anyway. I've never had that happen. Gotcha. You know? Um yeah. how many years did you end up working in the studio? I think it was a total of three years. And was that it? Did you yeah. just leave the park after that? You never went anywhere else, I can imagine. You probably, that was it, right? Well, I mean, I ended up, I stayed in Merch for a little while before I ended up quitting. Because I, I quit, like, my sophomore year in college. So that was, like, 1990, I guess it was, 89, 90, something right. like that. Um, but prior to that, I was still a manager in Merch, and they just moved me around to different stands. I ended up, you know, doing quite a few different things so that was cool oh, so i mean on, it was so neat didn't you... really like going after the safari but <laughs> <laughs> so you got promoted though you got actually promoted out of the recording studio or did you become a manager in the recording studio and then get moved mm -hmm. out like how did that work yeah i got i got basically promoted to like first level manager or i guess we call them supervisors there's a red tag and yeah. uh yeah from there uh, my supervisor at the time said, I need you to fill in here and there and the other, you know, in other places. And that kind of turned into a regular thing, which was fine. You know, and I think I was on my, at that point you had had enough of listening to the bad karaoke. So you're like, 
<laughs> yeah, and I was like, you know, I was in college. I was headed toward college, playing in bands and stuff. So I think I kind of got my fill. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I thought I was gonna get a promotion to supervisor and make more money, but when that didn't happen, I just kind of ended up doing something else. You gotcha. know. There wasn't that much more money in being a supervisor. There was not. That's true. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, freedom and uh, and and the blue tag did let you get a lot of dates. Even the red tag did, as opposed to the mm-hmm. orange tag. But otherwise, right. yeah, money wise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> however, however, let's be honest. While we were there, we all thought we were kings and queens when we got those red and blue tags. Like, hell yeah, you know, ten hell cents yeah. more, twenty five cents more. Oh, yeah. then you get out of the real world. You're like, oh, that's the chumpiest raise ever. Yeah. Tim was also in merch. The 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 gentleman that's that's commenting. I don't know if you see the comments, Rich, but he's also he was in merch at the same time you were. And he was a manager of the cookie shop. Did you ever have to work the cookie shop? Was that one you ever had to cover when you finally got promoted and got moved out yep. of the recording studio? You did? You actually worked the cookie shop? <laughs> yeah. The merch food stands were the best. Like, they had the candy stores. I remember the cookie shop. And that was the best because you could, like, you could totally just snark candy all day if you wanted. Nobody cared, you know, if you oh. got hungry. <laughs> you guys did not, those were never fresh baked shit though. That was stuff that was brought in, processed, yeah. and put out on a shelf, right? Because yeah. I, I, I should I ask Gary this, Chris, when he was on. This always threw me off. Like, how the hell did all the candy shops and stuff become merch unless it was just that because nothing was actually cooked, it was never part of foods. Right. Because we're just things, they, items. Was the fudge shop? I think they were making the fudge there. Um, they were merch. Yeah, they were yeah, service. They, they were they merch. Made, though, didn't they? Didn't they actually yeah. cook the fudge there? Yeah, I think they they basically they prepared it, they heated it up, but right. the actual process was done somewhere else. It was all, all right, prefab so stuff, like you. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like yeah. custom yeah. order. I remember them. I used to get it for Sam all the time, and I think they cut it to order too. Yeah. Know? So yeah. Yeah, Tim yeah. just commented it was a hundred percent process. That makes more sense. Yep. If you're not actually yep. cooking anything, it won't be foods. Right. That always yep. threw me off because when Gary mentioned that, I was like, I didn't even think about asking him at the time, but I was like, how the hell is that not foods? But I was like, well, now it makes sense, you know? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Like Um, the cookies were like those Pillsbury ones that you get, you know, in the tube. Yep. Just the cookie dough. That's all it was. Uh, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, even in food serving catering, you could get some high-end frozen ready-to-bake cookies, you know what I mean, where you're really not losing much. It's it's, it's, right. We had some real high-end stuff over in catering, so, and they were were fantastic. So, yeah. You could get some good stuff. That makes sense. Yep, yep. Um, yep. what do you think, Rich? Anything else while you were at the end of your career? <laughs> Interesting uh, stories to tell. Uh, I mean, I'd have to dust off the cobwebs. I'm sure I do have more stories. Um, you and I, we got to hang out, dude. Like, we really do we need will. to hang and we we'll talk some more. But I do recall that in retrospect, and I heard you, um, I listened to that Scott Carswell interview that you did. That was awesome, by the way. It's good to hear from him, you know. I Scotty. <laughs> I'm glad I got to see him back in May too, and hang out with him a little bit. Yeah, but... he's a good dude. I ran into him at a bar right after that. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah. Him and his brother are both good dudes, man. Yeah, but he referenced a couple of things, and one of the things that you guys spoke about was the fact that that's like the best job that any of us have ever had. And even with my grounds experience and stuff at the park i'd have to say that's the best job i've ever had nice. yeah that yeah. whole entire experience was awesome i agree Fantastic. man i mean it 
that job prepared me for the corporate world in a way that no other job could ever do. Like, sure. like yep. yeah. the way that you went up the ranks and you had to deal with like, you know, really crappy work ethic people versus really good work ethic people. And it was like Game of Thrones. It really was. You also had people stabbing you in the back left and right when yes. you were yep. you also want to be promoted and we're not we're more than willing to say you did a shitty job to try to get a promotion over you. Yeah, it was yep. it was the best social training we could ever get. Couldn't even pay for it, you know. But yep. they also did provide that as well, which a lot of companies do not provide or don't do as well, especially back then. I mean, there were yep. a lot of training courses and things like that that they sent us to early on, even mm -hmm. as leads and then as supervisors and so on and so on. They did a nice yep. job. They really yeah. did. Yeah, I agree. I also think that the fact that we dealt with the public face-to-face -face yes. all the time, and every time they had a complaint or they wanted to punch you in the face, yeah. you were, you had to deal with it and right you, there. You're usually ad-libbing, yeah, because you didn't – it's not like you had, like, this exact situation. No, before. every situation was new. You never knew. I mean, yeah. literally, you could get trained to be a 140 supervisor for an entire year, but until the day you are – fucking there and the wheel unbalances and that ride operator who unbalanced it has no idea what they're doing so they're making it worse and the whole park here is constantly because they don't know how to fucking stop it yeah right half that wheel wants to punch you in your face as they get off because they're so pissed off their kids are crying yeah. these are scenarios that no one could properly train you for yeah. you yeah. have to figure it out on the fly or get punched in the face yeah. yeah, I mean, and I don't think any of us work in those sort of environments anymore, but those yeah. so invaluable, though, um, because despite that, we still have things in our jobs that are considered emergencies and quotes, yeah. you know what I mean? Or, yeah. you know, and they're nothing in comparison to actual emergencies, but they, yep. those actual ones really prepared us well. You yeah, know? it was like, like you know, this is literally not life and death decision. I was like a 22 year old or something. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. And you're 150 feet in the air doing it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I yeah. mean? Like in free fall position, deciding yeah. <laughs> do yeah. I let this insane crazy. person out who's threatening to kill me <laughs> you yeah. know like we had to deal with that at uh 18 actually so yeah yeah, yeah. maybe because of you because you were an overachiever chris <laughs> <laughs> and you know i'll tell you like as far as social skills go i mean just working in merch um doing what i did with the recording studios as as somebody who's like inherently socially awkward believe it or not steve um <laughs> oh i have my moments as well dude. yeah, yeah. I struggle with that and like just doing that job and having to deal with people directly was an amazing boot camp for how to deal with people. You know, yeah. I, I know like going into it, that was the one thing I was nervous about more than anything else was, holy shit, I'm going to have to deal with like all these people face to face. And it freaked me out. But, you know, it's like jumping into a cold pool. Sometimes you just got to do it. Oh, yeah. Man. You know, yeah. Eating shit, definitely great great training for eating shit and a quality oh, yeah. uh, yep yep uh negotiating you know what i yep. mean not giving up the farm when somebody mm -hmm. comes trying to get to that twick at first that's that's you know what i mean but doing trying to avoid there's like no, all those man. stages before you get to the cash back you know what yeah. i mean mm -hmm. that's what they ask how they took it from now to the cows come home eight dollars yeah, yeah man yeah yeah <laughs> i cannot tell you i, I think we might have talked about this on a prior podcast i cannot tell you once we became part of games I, I cannot tell you how many people would reach out to like me and Andy and be like, 
from rides and be like, all right, I got this person really fucking pissed off. I do not want to <laughs> give her a refund. Big Tweety. You got a big fucking Tweety? I'll even right, do something. Tweety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like size Tweety and their kid would suddenly stop crying. They'd be like, all right, we're good. We're and they're good. like, oh, God, that cost us a dollar. You're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> all you need is a Tweety in pajamas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was our yeah. job. Our job was to try not to, you know, give away the money. That was our job. Right, you know? right. So, try to keep them happy, well, but keep keep that money though. However, yeah. I will say, if we honestly fucked something up and really put someone through a traumatic experience, mm-hmm. I don't ever remember being that mentality. I was the opposite mentality yeah. where I was like, "Let me get you a refund, twenty fucking mm-hmm. twickets, and five tweeties. I don't give a shit. You're gonna get I it all." Probably count them on over. just two hands the times I've given back cash. But there were times where it was like, "This is legit. Yeah, These it. people had it." awful time and it's right. our fault give them their friggin money back and right. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. yeah. i cannot bullshit this person in any way because it, yeah. i deserve a punch in the face if i even tried yes, they yeah. legit had a shit time you know what i mean give them their friggin money back yeah there were that, that's that's what speaks to that customer service experience that we all had too is like you know, learning when when it's good to be ethical, when you should treat yeah. people right and do the right thing, you know. And and yeah. I do have to say that when I worked in the park, especially working at Merch, I didn't see a lot of, you know, management mentality like screw the customer, blah. If somebody had an issue, I didn't hand over a lot of cash, but my supervisors would. I'd call them over yeah. and they'd go, nah, give them a refund by all means. And right. I think that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I current in my my current commercial job, um, corporate sellout job. I mm-hmm. basically work with very large companies HR teams, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm not at liberty to say their names, but they're very large, and you would know them all if I said right. them. I, mm-hmm. I can give one out because you know they're not mine anymore, and they're struggling to come back in the U.S. But Toys R Us was my company. They were mm-hmm. like I. Toys R Us is still around, and they're they're back in the U.S. slowly, mm-hmm. but they're coming back. They never left globally they only left they only filed for bank they really only got screwed in the u.s because yeah. they didn't run properly they, amazon kicked their ass is really what happened yeah, yeah. but right. i would never be able to speak with these high level hr people the way i speak to them now if right. i didn't have the training from six flags it all came from that it was so easy to move into this type of job yeah. from that training and my favorite thing i love to say is what are they going to do? Punch me through the phone? I used to have people threatening my yeah. life to my face at all. Right in our face. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can threaten me all you want, but you're in Yeah, no. No. I mean, you know, I worked in a federal prison. I was a federal officer for like a year and a half. Yeah. Wow. I felt safer there a lot of times than it did. There are many moments. You know, don't yeah. get me wrong. The prison had its moments too that were far worse than Great Adventure, but overall, Mm-hmm. And that you know, a lot more tense times. I didn't have to break up any fights in the prison. How many yeah. fights did we have to break up at Great Adventure? You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, oh, man. yeah. Like I, mean, I never I got hit. Too. I never got I mean, hit at the prison. I got hit at Great Adventure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? so, Dude, yeah. I mean, like you, you recall there's been like actual riot situations at Great Adventure when we worked there. Oh, yeah, nine, nine, nine. Yeah, yeah those were the funnel 999s. We talk about those a lot, Rich. I know you haven't listened to all the episodes, but there's yeah. a couple where we focus on 999s because let's be honest, they were very few and far in between and they were fun. They were just all out work. It was the only time where you were told you're allowed to hit a guest with their radio. Yeah, right. they were young and stupid. So it was like, jump in. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like a holiday almost. Yeah. That got called. Somebody 
one of us got our asses whooped. It was the equivalent yeah. of being in the police when someone shoots a cop and they're like, that's it. Bets are off. That was our right. 999. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you yep. heard that, you're a 999 in Game Square. You were like, someone just got their ass whooped and someone's going to get their ass whooped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. That's yeah, that's man. Kind of jump in here. <laughs> I don't know. The moment's passed. But I was saying, like, I'm in IT and, like, whenever there's a big problem, I'm like, well, nobody's life depends on it. Like, right. Like, right. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I Absolutely. work in the same business professionally. I'm also an IT professional. And I, uh, without going into detail about who I work for, I'm kind of in the same position as Steve is there. But um, there's situations where somebody's really trying to light a fire under your ass about yeah. something. And you're just like, come on, man. This yeah. is not that level of an emergency. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every know? day. I deal with that shit every day where I just kind of giggle. And I'm like, I mean, I'm going to take care of you. You're my client. But Jesus Christ, come on. No, <laughs> no. I mean, it helps you to treat it. Like, I still treat it. Like, give it the level that they want. But it helps right. us to, you know, we don't lose our shit. You know, no, right? exactly. 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 And situation. And one of the yep. most important things when you're in free fall position is you got to stay cool. You have to, because yeah, then yeah. they only get all riled up, you know? So, yep. yeah. Yep. And let's That's be honest, exactly we learned that from there. I mean, how many times did we get called over to a ride where a person was losing their shit? Why? Because their kid didn't yeah. meet the requirement. Well, what the mm -hmm. fuck, motherfucker? You know that. There's a goddamn stick in the front, and the person tricked them when it went in. Why did you even wait in the queue line? That was they didn't easy. need it in the front. Come on. Mm -hmm. What? That was an easy one. It was just like, well, I care about your kid's safety. Why don't you? Bingo. But that's the point. We were trained for the stupidest arguments. Yes. And those, yes. that's my point. That is a stupid argument. You already know it from the front of the park before you come in because we have all the right. all lights listed. Yeah. You come in every ride before you get in there has a goddamn foghorn with this foghorn. And I say, I say, I say, I say, boy. Like, come on. But we never said that to them. We said, you know what? We understand. Why don't we take you over to BBL and put you on some rides there? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Safety is the utmost importance. That's where we learn how to actually talk to guests like that, you know, mm -hmm. and not be like, you're an idiot. Get out of here. Exactly. Right, right. <laughs> you never know yeah. thinking the whole time, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, all right, boys. Well, let's jump over into, into something that we've had going on for a while. I'm sure Scott's not prepared for this. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's ready. He's looking at him. He's ready. Oh, I'm scared. Rich, something we do, which I didn't set you up for this, so you don't have to pipe in on this one, but you can pipe in on, <laughs> on, on what we say. But what we've been doing for the last couple episodes is we've been kind of doing this game where each of us thinks of one or two um, entertainment-related thing. It could be a movie, a TV show, uh, a music video, anything that's entertainment-related that mm -hmm. is tied to a theme park. Oh, and, cool. And, and nice. so we've gone through a whole bunch of them, like uh, the obvious ones, the movie Vacation, you know. Mm -hmm. The one final destination movie, you know, um, there's a lot of obvious ones, but we try to get like, you know, some that are a little more nuanced that people don't think like there's a monkeys video that I brought up that was filmed directly at Six Flags. And oh, like cool. the entire video basically is in the arena almost. It's like yeah. showing people on rides and the arena. So it's kind uh -huh. of cool. And it's old school arena from the year it was filmed. So it's like, you know, which the arena does, it's there, but it's, it's, it hasn't been used since COVID. So you know what no, I mean? So, yeah. yeah, we try to find things like that. We try to add. And as the the, the more it's fun because, you know, we were talking last week about it. The farther we get doing this, the harder it is to find stuff, even though there's a lot out there, you know, mm -hmm. but it, it is kind of fun. So with that, I'm going to throw it to Peluso first. 
What you got, oh, Chris? Me first. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, oh, man, the pressure. Five minutes away. some more time. It's all good. He's always Googling. I'm ready, and I see his phone come up. I'm like, I had screenshots of my prior Googling so that I could just refer to them quickly. Love it. I'll start with my bonus first. I'll go two because I'll throw a bonus in there because I don't go to the movies that often. Okay. But, uh, the new haunted mansion was fantastic. Uh, nice. Great, really, really enjoyable, um, and uh, uh, an entry level horror for sure for for young kids. Now, could you know, scary enough for adults to enjoy a little horror. If you essentially, if you like the ride and you can handle the ride, probably good for anybody as far as a horror level. You know, a um, little hard to say because kids are scared of the weirdest things and whatnot. You know, you never right. know for sure. But definitely great entry level, a good, hey, let's try this out for any kid that's never tried horror. And just mm -hmm. a lot of fun, awesome use of the hitchhiking ghosts. I'll just say that, you know, uh, just fantastic. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, as far as my main one, I'm going to go with, uh, uh, I can't believe we haven't talked to Simpsons yet. I don't know. I hope I'm not stealing somebody's yet, but oh, the Simpsons. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> Wait, that Simpsons, wasn't one that I was going to use. Simpsons so has had multiple amusement parks in their show, though. They have, they have. True. I was going to go Itchy True. and Scratchy Land and the Chipper, because the Chipper has to be an homage <laughs> to friggin' the Matterhorn. Like, the Matterhorn, right. is, I always call it the backbreaker. Um, the Chipper was a roller coaster that they had, like, where every, like, few feet it's hitting a bump and they're banging their heads against the bar <laughs> and they're chipping their teeth so i love right. the chipper and uh itchy and scratchy land was a fantastic episode early on i want to say like season five or six um awesome like parody of you know magic kingdom for the most part you know and you could even see maps and stuff i didn't I didn't want to mess with the share and fumble through it, but we could even throw them up on the on the Facebook. There's maps that yeah, I guess they you know took the screen grab of, and it's obviously a, a parody of Magic Kingdom, you know. But one of my yeah. favorite jokes, though, uh, by Lisa Simpson, I believe, in that episode was when they go to the Future Sphere, which was a parody of Epcot's you know yep, big yep, ball yep. and everything. And she goes, yep. "It's what people in 1965 thought life would be like in 1987." Which, as much as I love Disney, was dead friggin' on. <laughs> like, friggin' yep. love that so much. But uh, yeah, yep. The Simpsons, like you said, have done so many uh, theme parks. I, I mean, Michael Eisner alone, I feel like, is in like six or seven. He does oh, a yeah, they come, yeah, they had him frozen and they come back. Yeah, they, 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 he does Kalima from the Temple of Doom. Yeah, they've done everything on there. I mean, as South Park says, Simpsons did it first. They did everything. Yeah, Simpsons did it. <laughs> nice. nice. Good, choices. Yep. Good choices. I also yeah. let you go first because I had a feeling that if I did it, you might pull one off a sky. Nice. Nice. I love <laughs> I it. Have mine, so. I, you know, in, in thinking about it this time around, I came up with like five or six others for other shows, you know, some of them on the more obscure side. So still loving it. Still in it. I went obscure this time because I saw like The Simpsons and I love The Simpsons, but I was like, I'm going to pass on that because A, I don't remember if we did it before. B, <laughs> I'm like, he sent the list. Wait, 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 he doesn't remember and I sent the list out. Like, I, wait, I, I checked the list. <laughs> I saw the list. I sent it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Well, <laughs> well you know. <laughs> so the first one I grabbed was called Little Fugitive from 1953. Set 
like a little boy who thinks he killed his brother goes to Coney Island to like run away. Hmm. So that's talk about obscurity, man. That one. That's that a movie. Very obscure. Wow. The description of it makes me actually want to see it. Yeah. It sounds pretty crazy. Hmm. And, and speaking of obscure, this one. Kiss meets the Phantom of the. Ah, oh, nice. That was, nice. On my, that was on my list. Oh, I haven't used it. That's a good nice. one. I give you kudos. That was like an easy, fucking low hanging fruit grab that I left on there. And I was like, I'm going to let this keep rolling for like five more episodes. And then, and then finally I'll throw it out there. That was a good one. They battle a mad scientist or whatever that got fired from the park. And like they had like several shows that were scheduled in Magic Mountain in California. And Nice. Yeah. Considered so. one of the worst movies ever, and that did not help Kiss at all. Yet, anyone from <laughs> our, our generation kind of loves the movie. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Hell yeah. They had the fucking robots. They were like, I barely <laughs> know it, but as soon as you said it, I remember pieces of it as a kid. Like, no, it was fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I give you credit. That was a good one. That was a nice. good one. Nice. That is a good um, one. I like that one. Mine, I have another low-hanging fruit that that you know no one would have thought of because it's not the central theme of the movie. However, the movie opens and closes on Coney Island. I know what it is. What movie, Rich? It's got to be The Warriors. Bingo! Opens on the Wonder Wheel of Coney Island with Coney Island in the background with that somber music. And what's so beautiful is that the Warriors filmed in 79. So you're getting Coney Island when it's gritty and it's yeah. like yeah. dirty looking and it like yeah. fits the tone of a movie about a bunch of gangs that are, you know, like fighting. You know what I mean? Like it fits it so yeah. perfect. And, um, I mean, I can't imagine people don't know what the fucking Warriors is. But the idea of the Warriors is that this gang is based in Coney Island and mm. somebody in New York calls an enclave where he wants all the gangs to, on a truce, come and they're going to meet in this park. And basically, this guy Cyrus, who's one gang leader there, is like, I have a vision. And they all do. Yeah. They all come. That's the whole opening of the movie is you're watching the gangs all leave their, their areas and go into this big enclave. And Cyrus yeah. is like, Look, we're like fifty thousand strong, and there ain't like two thousand cops in this place. We right, we own the damn city. Like this is it. And then yep. one stupid ass gang member shoots him, and they blame the warriors. So mm -hmm. as they say in the movie, the warriors have to bop their way back through every goddamn gang to yep. get back to Coney Island, which is their home base. Yeah, and that's basically the movie. And the end of the movie ends with them making it back. And it's one of my favorite lines because the, the, the original leader gets his ass beat right when that guy blames him on, on saying that they shot him. So Cleon, the original leader, gets taken down right then. The yeah. next up is Swan. And so Swan has to lead what's left of the gang back on their journey to Coney Island. And when he finally gets back there, the dude that blamed them, they've been trying to take him out because they don't want anyone to know that they actually did it. So right. they're waiting for him there. They just drove a car. It's kind of funny because they drove a car there. Like the Warriors had to take a train, get through all yeah. these things. And then you see, like, you know, the, the guys that did all the trouble just drove a car there. <laughs> so yeah. But he gets there, and it's like one of my favorite lines is Swan literally says, you know, when we see the, the when we see the big CI, when we see the wheel in the background, we're home. We think we're safe. And the dude's like, well, you're not because we're here. But I love that because it's Coney Island 
is the home base. It's the city. Right. And, uh, you know, yep. even though it's not the central theme of the movie, it is a big theme in that movie. Like, Coney Island mm-hmm. is where they're from, and it's, like, their home. They're basically the Coney Island guy. You know, right. that's where the Warriors are. So I thought yep. that was kind of cool. Um, that's kind of cool. Somebody would have caught that one eventually. The mm-hmm. other one is actually current. So Netflix last week released a series called Zombieverse. And what mm-hmm. Zombieverse is, is it opens up, it, it's, a, it's a, a Korean series, and it takes place in Seoul, South Korea. And basically, when the, it's eight episodes, and when the first episode starts, it's a game show. But they mm-hmm. open up by saying, in this universe, zombies exist. If you get bit, you turn into a zombie. And that's all they say. And then they go right to the, the to the, you know, the, the show starts. And they're on like a Bachelor-like show, okay? So they're on the set of a Bachelor show. Yeah. And one of the contestants is already turning into a zombie. So when one of the bachelors goes to kiss her, she rips his fucking throat out, and the next thing you know, zombies are running into the set. And they're everywhere. <laughs> and nice. what's crazy about it, though, is that the whole thing is done like a reality show. So what's so fucked up about it is somebody, and this is what also kind of ruins it, in this world, clearly it's okay to kill contestants to zombies because there's somebody running it. And as these survivors get out of that area, they're traveling, trying to get to a safe area, very much like The Walking Dead. And the whole time they are on the screen, everything they do becomes missions. And the survivors, as they're dying, there's a voiceover chick that's like, the survivors have to take 12 zombies out of here and escape the gas station. Can they do it? And then you basically, it's like a mission. So it's done like MTV's The Challenge type thing, right? Mm -hmm. Right. The reason it fits this criteria, though, is because episode seven and episode eight, but episode eight just released last week. Last week, I blocked right through (laughs) it. It's actually not a great show. However, episode seven is completely worth watching because the five or six survivors go to a theme park Mm -hmm. and it's a tiny little theme park right on the edge of a river. Okay, and unlike Zombieland, everything we bitched about when we brought up Zombieland is the reverse here, and it's it's very fun because what they do is they get there and all every power's out. They immediately figure out where is the power to the park, so they turn the power on so they can see, and then realize, holy fuck, we just invited all the zombies here by bringing the lights and the sounds up. And the noise, right? Is that? The park is really tiny and neat, and it has like a Ferris wheel, a Buccaneer. It has its own little roundup version that's a mix between the Music Express and the roundup, okay? Mm-hmm. That's all these rides. The second they flick the lights on and they're sitting above there and they're going, why did we do this? They start looking at the rides and seeing survivors in the rides that mm-hmm. are stuck because the zombies are everywhere in the park, but the rides are closed off. And then right. some operators are in the booths. So it's really cool because it's everything that, that cool. should have done in Zombieland, but they didn't. Then they go into the game show mode, and some of it's silly. Like one girl loses her freaking uh, her um, what do you call it when you have asthma? The inhaler. inhaler she leaves yeah. her. They they go into. They have this one ride that is like a round. It looks like a roundup. The survivors get in there and they get them out. Okay, they find like three other survivors in there. They get them out. And then the girl's like, I left my inhaler in there and I'm having a fit. I'm going to die. Now they've already put four zombies in the ride. So they have to go back with the zombies. And what's cool, though, is they go, all right, the only way we're going to survive is like, you know, start it. So it's kind of cool because, like, the rides are running while they're trying to find the inhaler and avoid the zombies. So nice. it's yeah. easy, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, the park, though, is really neat. 
because it has the, the, the Asian aesthetic to it. So like their big wheel, all the cars look like those Asian like kind of temple houses. Yeah. And the big wheel is really fun because at the end of episode seven, basically the living survivors all go into the big wheel and have the guy that's operating. They're like, we'll make you a deal. There's a boat coming that could save us in like an hour. If you could stay here for an hour, don't let anyone in your booth. Right. You're going to be fine. We'll take you with us, but you got to let us on the ride so we could be safe up there. So they mm-hmm. all, and they can only fit like two people in a car. So all the survivors go into cars and they're all in there. And that's kind of where episode seven ends. Episode eight is just like the other episodes. It's all game showy and it's basically totally tied into what them trying to get off the big wheel. Right. The show sucks, but episode <laughs> seven, it becomes the same thing. And the premise is kind of silly. You know what I mean? Like the idea that there's someone who's actually running it like a game show while these people are being killed by zombies just doesn't make really any sense. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's but, kind of bizarre. Like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the running man, that was the same deal. Well, that was different. The government, that was the government was backing yeah. it. In this, the government's not backing it. They're just like, the zombies are alive in this world, but they're they're not a plague. They're not like the walking dead. Like it's rare when you see them. And, you know, it, it's kind of cheesy. It, it really is. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Running Man at least made sense where they're like, oh, no, the government is totally backing this. And that's where they're putting their money into that show, you know? So, but um, it's still worth watching episode seven if you love theme parks because that yeah. is fun. That whole episode's really fun up until the end. Then you can just turn it off, you know? <laughs> um, all right. Sounds interesting. It was pretty cool. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Um, hey, let's jump in for a little bit of news. Like, let's, so Six Flags news. Um, first of all, Fright Fest starts September 8th. They're already advertising it. I haven't even been to the park all year. Here's the funniest thing. I haven't either. My freaking season's pass ends next month. However, they also just said that they're having their biggest sale of year drop soon, blah, blah, blah. August 24th, supposedly, is going to be their uh-huh. biggest discount on season pass renewal, which includes, like, the parking pass, the, fr- the food thing, everything. So August 24th, they're saying pay attention because that's when we're going to drop it. We all learned, though, last year. When I renewed last year, they said the same thing. And then not even three weeks later, they're like, and here's an even bigger discount with a food pass. And that's yeah. what I got. And they screwed me. <laughs> and they screwed me. So I got the free parking pass. I didn't get that. Whatever. But either way, supposedly it's going to be a big drop right then. Um, National Coaster Day for them is going to be August 16th. That's kind of cool. They're already advertising Fright Fest starts September 8th. So we got to do that. Um Oktoberfest is going to run the end of this month, August 25th and November 5th. We'll definitely have to do that because they did do a really good Oktoberfest last year. That was fantastic. Mm. Um, Gaming Fest and September 4th. I have a news piece on that, which made me laugh. It might not be the same anymore, but I'll bring it up in a minute. Fireworks, they're still doing all summer long. Although, remember, they're they're like really limited hours. They're only doing like that swing shift type of thing. But their fireworks are going to be Fridays and Saturdays through August 26th. one thing I will say that's really cool, their Fright Fest, they did announce they teamed up with um, some of the movie studios, and they are getting a Conjuring and a Saw Maze. Oh, nice. Wow. So that's they cool. announced them. So they also announced what they're going to be getting, okay? Um, so uh, a guy named Brendan Don on Great Adventure Connoisseurs, he pulled out the information that they announced and threw it in there, which I appreciate because it saved me from having to pull it myself. So they're going to have Saw 10 Maze. They're going to have the Conjuring. 
Then they're going to have a lot of their standard ones. Fears, Manor, Aftermath, Bloodshed, Reflections of the Dead. Those Bloodshed are going to be the basics. It was. Uh, <laughs> like and, one guy in there. I know. And Big Top, which is the one we saved to the last because we're like, it sounds so good. And it was the yeah. latest one ever. Uh, do they have yeah. a skip the line? There's literally one ghoul in There's there. one ghoul. And we just kept laughing at it. It was really silly. Dude, too, and I kept laughing when he tried to scare me. Yeah, it was pretty like, funny. He's like, oh. like, we even got the numbers on you. There's like 10 of us walking through this place in one ghoul. Let's just kick the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they still have Big Top Terror. Now, um, there's a dude that's on uh, Great Adventure Connoisseurs who's very like in tune with what's going on at Great Adventure. Goes almost every day, pays attention. Dude's name is Jason Barlow. Seems like a really nice dude. Um, he said there is going to be one more maze that is going to be a movie franchise they haven't announced yet. So that's kind of cool. So I do give them credit, though. They're trying to tie into actual movie mazes like Universal. Right. Whatever. Right. Not to shit on them. But Universal also announced their mazes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Universal's doing The Last of Us maze, Stranger <laughs> Things 4, The Exorcist, Believer, Universal Monsters, Unmasked Expands, uh, Chucky Ultimate Kill, Evil Dead Rise, uh, monstrous to monsters of Latin America, holidays in hell, and Terror Tram, the exterminators. I have the breakdown for each. We don't have a lot of time. I'm not going to go into them, but I will tell you they all sound fucking awesome. And that kind mm -hmm. of bummed me out because I was like, well, at least Great Adventure is taking a step in the right direction. But holy shit. And then Universal also is adding special food options for all their mazes. So, like, Stranger Things fans, they're actually going to put a Surfer Boy pizza up there with pizzas. <laughs> straight out there. Yeah. They're doing a ton of specialty drinks based on the mazes. So they're kind of going all out, which is pretty cool. Um, they're universals. So. They are. I mean, and also, let's be honest, Universal's Horror Nights has been so fucking good for so many years. It's kind of crazy. So, right. you know. Yeah. Um, they also did announce that they are considering next year their official 50th. So they also announced um, in their earnings call that they are building a new coaster and it will be there next year. But obviously, because they're doing it in such a short amount of time, it's going to be an off-the-shelf coaster, which, let's be honest, that's what Six Flags always freaking does. And they, they really – I mean, during our time, I know now they've built some, you know, unique ones. But basically, like, during our time, half the shit that we had when we worked there was off-the-shelf mini versions, test demo versions. Right. You know, it was a, not a hidden secret that, you know, Skull Mountain was the mini version. There was bigger versions out there. You know, mm -hmm. um, we got Ultra Twister, which was also the same thing, you know. A lot of the stuff we have is always that. That doesn't mean it's going to be a bad ride. You know? yeah, right, they're also right. putting hints on what kind of coaster it's going to be out there. They're putting clues up on emails. They're putting them hidden into the park. I can't figure any of that shit out. I'm not smart enough. So, But, you know, they have it. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so I was going to say, for, for uh, Horror Nights at uh, Six Flags, do they do a skip the line? Like a Universal does, or do they offer? Yeah, they, like you, you could buy. So you have to buy a pass, and you could buy a. a you could buy. We did. We bought a kind of skip the line pass. I don't remember what it cost. Was it every? Was it every one? I think it was right. We got to go through every one once, and yes. one one. Yeah, twice. that that's what Universal does. Yeah. I mean, the whole they process. It's ungodly expensive, but I don't see how you could do them without. It's it. the only I way can't wait. It. I can't wait in those long. They're like two hours a piece. No, you would do business tops on a big night. We did yeah. the same thing we paid for it, and we got through them all. And I think they let you go through one twice, if I'm remembering. So okay. um, the disappointment thing is that, you know, obviously the ride that has the most nostalgia in my heart because I was the lead on it forever. The log from has a big-ass sign out front that says, 
please pardon our appearance. The log flume is currently closed as it undergoes a makeover for our 50th anniversary. See you when we open in summer of 2024. <laughs> no log flumes. <laughs> I can't wait to see it when they're done, though. Uh, yeah, me too, because I want to know what the hell they're making over. There's so many yeah. things in that log yeah. that never worked that was shut off when I was a lead that I'm wondering if they're going to do any so, of that. No, my prediction right. is it's hey. going to be the same exact ride. Maybe they'll pick some of the hey. broken footboards. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's going to be, man. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a big too, but I hope not. Like, what'd they I, do? I um, I'm not going to go through any of these. I'll save them for the next one. I will say I'm not going to go into it, but mm -hmm. Universal Orlando has opened Minion Land, and it yeah, sounds really fucking that. awesome, and I have the details. Um, I will bring that one. I will go through them on the next podcast next month. However, the one thing I will point out is that Scotty is going to die of happiness when he goes there. Because as we all know, if you watch the Minion shows or any of the, the series or the cartoons, they're all about the bananas. Bananas! <laughs> love the bananas. I don't understand because he doesn't eat them. He just sucks them. Yeah. <laughs> Scotty loves the bananas. Hey now. <laughs> baboon one. Baboon's baboon one. You know, come on. <laughs> baboon two. I love bananas. <laughs> I will say one thing that I think is so cool is in, in one of their shops they have banana flavored popcorn that you could smell from like a block away. And I'm like, holy shit, that actually yeah. sounds awesome. But yeah. uh ton of ton of stuff for there. Um we'll we'll go into that on the next podcast because we're kind of down to the end of our time, and I don't want to skip over. I did upload three different folders to our Facebook page. They're all about our Star Wars, my Star Wars family trip with my family. Oh, nice. Um, mm -hmm. The first folder is in order our trip from day one, day two, and day three of being on the actual Galactic Star Cruiser. So people who don't know what that is, Star Wars opened up a hotel. Don't bother um, learning because it's not coming back. Yeah, that's why I'm not going <laughs> to So they opened up a hotel. Um, it is called the Galactic Star Cruiser. It's named the Halcyon. That's the name of the cruiser. It's on the Chandrilla Starline. Um, what's really cool is that it's, it runs about, the, the cost was what kind of killed it. It ran about $5,000 for two people for a standard room. There were two other type of room upgrades. We had one of the upgrade rooms when we went. Um, my family did us right. It was a Christmas trip. It was amazing. Uh, my cousin Michael and his wife, both are former shows um, people. Michael was mm -hmm. a show's. If he was a full timer, I know he was a, a, a seasonal. I'm not sure if he was ever full time. I don't, I don't remember to be honest with you. Um, but um, they did, they did us a solid. They they took our whole family to it. It was, you know, we did the whole three day thing. It was pretty fucking amazing. Um, I will say the the a lot of people think that it failed because it was just stupid and it wasn't good, and that is wrong. It failed because a lot of people didn't want to pay the price because for the same cost, you could do like seven days at one of the core hotels and go to the, one of the regular parks. But if you're a Star Wars nerd or if you wanted something that was a fully immersive experience, you will never get anything better than what they built. That hotel from the moment they let you in on day one to the moment you left on day three was a fully immersive adventure you had an app that helped you out. I put all the screenshots from the app that I saved. And what's crazy is that I'm so happy I saved them because on your day three, they wipe it. So yeah. all of your experience on the app goes away. All the things you did, all the accomplishments that you did go away. So wow. most of mine are there though, because I screenshotted them because I had a feeling they might do that. Um, mm -hmm. It is so immersive. Um, I put videos up of as much stuff as I could. 
Um, it is really cool. It was a fantastic experience. One of a kind. Um, I'll never forget it. I don't think any of my family will. We were still, we still text about it every so often. Like it was that good. Um, day one, you're fully on the Galactic Cruiser, which is basically a hotel. Okay. But the, once you step foot into that place, they make it look like you got launched from earth to the Galactic Cruiser. Okay. And you're in the Galactic Cruiser. The moment the door is open, there's a bridge, there's where, you know, there's a bar, there's like a gift shop and there's like, you know, all these other interactive things. There's an engine room. There's a lightsaber training room. There's like, you know, a massive dining hall. You know, your rooms are done. Everything looks like you're in space. So all the portholes look like they're completely moving outer space ships cool. beyond you and everything. Um, you interact with an that's app called Adventures. The Adventures are fully interactive with the cast that's there. Some of the cast are fully shows mm -hmm. people that are characters. And some are just the people that are working in a hotel. However, even the people, are, this, this, and this is why I want to bring this up. The moment we got there, the people that checked us in, were then suddenly the people that were inside on the cruiser also bringing us our bags. And then the next day, they might be serving us our food. It is the actual 120 project worked right. <laughs> it was absolutely, people were doing a little bit of everything. So they didn't have a large crew, they you know, staff, but they made them and they never break character. We only got them to break character once in the gift shop at the end of day two, right at the end of the night. And it was so minor that we got them to make dick jokes about the lightsabers because they had different size lightsabers. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I said, you're going to get me fired. I hope there's no cameras on me. Like, he literally was so scared to do it. But we got oh, this, man. two guys to break character finally. And it was only because we were, like, we were half tipsed out from the bar and we were making them laugh so hard that they wanted to break character. Like, you could tell they wanted to, nice. you know. I'm in my yeah. Lobot outfit and I'm challenging this dude to play Sabacc. He breaks open a Sabat case right there that they sell, and we played Sabat. Like, it was pretty cool. <laughs> um, that day cool. one, you're fully in an adventure there. Day two, you get shipped down to Batu, which is Galaxy's Edge. The second folder I put is in no particular order the way I uploaded it, but it's, it's my whole Galaxy's Edge, our whole trip there, which includes a video of the entire lightsaber ceremony. If you want to see a park done right, I know you went to Galaxy's Edge, Chris. Yeah, you went. The lightsaber ceremony is fantastic. Like, the entire yeah. thing. I also put a full video of the droid making as well from the yeah, select. That's fun the too. Yeah, both of those things are worth every effing expense. Yes, in that they place. really are. On top of it, that entire park is themed so fucking perfect that if you want to see a park done right, that is an immersive Star Wars oh, yeah. park from beginning. Yeah. It, it was just amazing. We only spent like the day there. Day three is like then you spend the day at the park, you go back, massive show and dinner at the hotel. We put all of our like I put some of the dinner stuff up. Everything when you eat at dinner is done like space. It's nice. all done like space, but it's like so it's like blue shrimp with smoke coming off of yeah. it. <laughs> it's something else, you know, but it was yeah. pretty fucking awesome, man. Um That's cool. it, it was really neat. The trip's amazing. Um, we threw up the folders. I, I will say, even though the, the cruiser, the hotel is shutting down at the end of this month, Galaxy's Edge is not, and it is absolutely worth visiting. Um, what we also put is I put in a third folder because on our last day, they boot you out of the out of the, the Star Cruiser, drops you back to Earth at 11 a.m. You're out. You got to go. Okay? <laughs> and we, we deliberately booked later flights, and we went to Disney Springs, which is right next to Galaxy's Edge. That <laughs> 
is everything. So Disney Springs is basically the Jackson outlets outside of Six Flags, except mm-hmm. created yeah, by Disney. Cool, yeah. And yeah, so if Jackson Outlets had worked with GA to create that together and make that more of an immersive thing so they could tie their businesses but together. Immersive to what? Like Fantasy Force, you know, walk around with like this no. rude, stupid no. uniform? Just, at the time, Warner Brothers was their people, so they could have done Warner Brothers characters, yes. a Warner Brothers yeah. store. There's a Disney store in there. There's all Disney offerings. However, you still feel like you're at Disney when you're at the Springs. It's yeah, insane. I mean, yeah. Disney Springs also has the restaurants are insane. Yep. Their, their, rainfor- their, their rainforest restaurant actually has a life-size volcano on the outside. They have, yeah, a, t- yeah. they have a dinosaur restaurant that has T-Rex. a life-size T-Rex outside. T-Rex. <laughs> you know? Yeah, more emotive. Yeah. Yeah, we need at the boathouse where you can actually go on amphibian cars and go around the valley and then come back and then eat in the boathouse. Like, yeah. I mean, That's cool. We- Dude, they have a little kiosk that is fresh baked dog biscuits and nothing but dog and cat stuff. So even me leaving that day, I got there. Um, their Lego store, the outside is yeah. like in their lake is a like life size Lego Loch Ness monster, and mm-hmm. there's also every Lego, every single Harry Potter character and especially Star Wars character you can imagine, life size done in Legos, just sitting outside, just for you to wow. look at, just for you to look wow. at, like. It's everything that the Jackson Outlet should have been. been. You know what I mean? Like, so I I, I I just want to point it out because it disappoints me because they could have done so much better if they had just tried to work. It is, again, a perfect example where Disney does things right. I mean, it's the Weezer of, like, theme parks, you know. They could have been so much more. But they're they're always (laughs) like that. Well, you know what it is because, and we've said this before, and it's not their fault, but they focus on, A, they're seasonal, they're not year-round, and, B, they're also focused on thrill rides, thrill rides, thrill rides, input, output on the rides. That's their thing. They're not even honestly shows like theme focused anymore, even though they're getting better at it again since COVID. They're still not, they're not shows theme. Nothing I mean, like Disney. You got to think mm-hmm. there's probably some sort of critical mass though. Like it takes so much investment and money to get the, because the theming, you don't get an instant ROI on it. Like if you put true. in a thrill ride, you bring in people. Like right. the theming mm-hmm. is, you got to build up the whole environment to like get to the point where people are like, well, I want to go there just because it's so cool to be in the queue line. Nobody says that about anywhere except Universal and Disney, you know, it's like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, I'm not going to get into it, but uh, if you look it up, uh, they do the Disney Park just put out their earnings call. So they did talk about how much of a hit they're going to take on the, you know, the Star Cruiser shutting down. Um, I will put it this way, though. I think they should have worked harder in the last, in, in this year to figure out a way to make that more affordable to people or or understand what it was because I didn't know. Bingo. Or market it better because even yes. me, my, my, my family. I, in, in that first folder where it's just about the cruiser hotel, I put some pictures that are just prep. Okay. Mm-hmm. The first like 15 pictures are all prep. And I also put stuff from the books to explain what the cruiser is. Yeah. Once you actually understand what it is, there's no way if you're a Star Wars nerd, you don't want to do that. Yeah. No, and, the biggest headline was the cost. You know what was. I mean? You can't have the cost be your biggest headline. But right. the moment you understand what you're getting, you understand you're getting yeah. your every penny that you spend is worth it for what you're getting. You yeah. are getting, you're seeing what you're spending when you're there. It is not like a cash grab. You know right. what I mean? Like right. You're seeing it. I mean, $800 a day to be in a completely immersive world experience 24 seven of like, living and it was, it was 24 fucking seven. I mean, dude, they had, they had a female Greedo that sings and dances. <laughs> yeah. they had, they had, you like, know what though? Give me an immersive friggin' meal. 
You know what I mean? And then maybe I'll know what I'm getting if I have an immersive day or two. That's part of the problem, though, too. The canteen you have to stand up in for about mm -hmm. 30 to 60 minutes or as long as your feet can take it. Right. Problem. That's a big problem. And they're yeah. charging a fortune. I love the canteen, but I don't want to stand up in it. Two, right. it's not the cantina that we know. It's some brand new one. Yeah, give us what we want. We want right. a friggin' cantina from the movie. Right. You know? And Flip, give me yeah. a restaurant. Use As a, a star chef. cruiser and give me a restaurant that I can sit down in and have a Star Wars experience for two hours, not two days. And I'll pay a fortune. But I don't have to pay $4,500. I could pay $400 and get my Star Wars experience for two hours. Just like However, the lightsaber. What does the lightsaber cost? $200. And people go in there like they're giving it away. It's $200, but people, you can barely get a reservation for it. You know, it's 200 versus 2000 a person. You got to, you know, you got to give us something. Um, However, and, you'll, Chris, and they'll get their payback. I will point out, our, our, our first night was kind of like, you know, everything was like, first of all, their, their dining hall is set up like that. And you can take all the time you want. And yeah, like, yeah. The second night you're there, your last night there, okay, it is the chef comes out just like in the movie chef, dude. Right, right. All these people come out, everything on serving trays, and he announces what planet each of your courses come. It's like nice. a five-course meal. They come mm -hmm. out. They're all smoking and doing all kinds of other shit, you know. Right. In the bar, all their specialty drinks, I you'll see. There's some video in there, too, where, like, one of them is, like, a venom drink. Where she has mm -hmm. to put the anti-venom drops in when she gives you the drink, or you're gonna die, you know? Right, like, right. Like half the drinks you get smoke while you're drinking them. Like, yeah, like yeah. that fully immersive meal you're talking about, we had. We yeah, had no, that's what I'm saying. Offer mm -hmm. that. The cantina is close. They do all that. The provisions, super fun. I the know. food, there's only two items, but it's fun. You know what I mean? But you have to stand and it's too small. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the reason why you're standing is because it was made too small. I don't know what they were thinking. Like, give us a friggin' restaurant where we can do stuff. Give us four and you'll fill them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're thinking. It doesn't seem like I don't, it's difficult. I don't think they expected Galaxy's Edge to be as big as it is. Yeah, it's just, I, I really don't. It's Star Wars. You, you know, I mean, you're, it's you are it's right. Unbelievable. Like, they have so many cool things in there, but it, it does need to expand. Like, it yeah. But the thing with them is that I think. Getting rid of the Star Cruiser, maybe that's what they're going to focus on because they want to keep pushing the Star Wars stuff. I mean, unless they do something with the Star Cruiser, which they have to, they put too much money into that. Make it a restaurant or something. Do yeah. something. Yeah. But um, I will tell you, the other thing that's really disappointing is that the interactivity between the people staying on a Star Cruiser and what the people on the on Galaxy's Edge were trained to do to know that we're on missions, give us special stuff. There's right. hidden mm -hmm. stuff all over the park. You'll never know that unless you stay on that Star Cruiser. That's all right. gone. It's all gone. It really is kind of disappointing. It's a shame. I, I man. would say best vacation a family could ever give me. No, I, I don't, I, I've been on a billion. I don't think anyone's ever beat that vacation. It's fucking amazing. Nice. Um, yeah, it was really good. It was really good. I'm I'm so disappointed that it that you know I can't do it again. That's all I can say. Mm -hmm. I'm disappointed I can't do it again. Yeah, you know? no, it sounds amazing. Yep. Well, we have definitely reached the end of our time. We're like we're in overtime now, man. Ooh, our our, our podcast guy Chris is probably like shut <laughs> up, everybody. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I <love Star> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> As we always say, time flies when you're having fun. This was a lot of fun, Rich. Rich, thanks for coming. Yeah. On. 
Appreciate Thank it. you for having me. I had an excellent time. It was great to nice. reminisce with you fellas. Nice meeting you, Chris and, and uh, Scott. Definitely. And excellent. Steve, we definitely got to hang out, bro. Yeah, man. And uh, we'd like to thank everyone that joined us on, you know, on Facebook Live, everyone that made some comments. Um, as always, like we said, you know, this will be available right on Facebook Live immediately. Audio version will go up. Um, and until next time, signing off for now, I am Steve Hicks. My co-hosts are Scott Loudon, Chris Belusa, and our guest co-host is R.K. Scott. R.K. Scott. Thanks, everybody. As always, make it a great day, everyone. We'll see you all soon. All right, soon. guys. Bye, Thanks. everyone. Have a good one. <laughs>